You're listening to Navid Musa of The Mindset Movement. Good day, good people. My name is Navi Musa. I'm your host saying always for the mindset movement. Every day we try to bring you guys value. We appreciate you stopping here. There's a lot of information out there, yet you choose to listen to us and we appreciate the opportunity to earn your trust. Longtime listeners, thanks for your loyalty. We would love you guys just as much, if not more. Um, look, normally the podcasts are pretty short. They're like six, seven minutes, 10 minutes. But when we do an interview, they go longer. However, it also means more information and in what I like to do is call story time. So today um, I have, uh, I'm going to call her a guest. She's not really a guest. She's a, she's a good friend of mine. Uh, her name is Modesta. And uh, just a fair warning, I'm going to be very comfortable today. <laughs> so because I know her, um, so you may just hear things fly out, not be proper English and grammar or whatever, but <laughs> I'm comfortable with this person talking to her and stuff like that. Um, and it's weird, right? Because so Modesta and I came up together in the investment world with the same mentor sort of and stuff like that. Um, but we haven't talked in a while and we haven't the way we used to. And it's funny because, and we'll touch on this, but someone said, hey, what happened to that girl you talk about all the time? I'm like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you know, she was married and she had a kid and she, you guys are doing stuff together. I was like, Modesta? They're like, yeah. I'm like, she's good. She's okay. Why? We haven't talked to her in a while. Is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, life just happens. Right. <laughs> like, like people think because we don't talk, oh, was there a fallout or something? Right. And, and it's like, no, she's she's good. And mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, we're fine. Right. Um, but I, I want to talk about that later on because that happens mm-hmm. a lot when people think, oh, y'all don't talk, something's wrong. No, it's it, it is. So right. um, anyways, uh, thank you very much for agreeing to do this, Modesta. I really appreciate it. Um, so like I briefly introduced her very crudely was that she's a friend of mine, um, but she's more than that, obviously. And I'm gonna let her tell her story of, of being a mother, being a wife, being just an overall, just superstar killing it in everything that she touches. So the floor is yours. Well, thank you, Naveed, for having me today. I'm always so honored. Um, you know, I have so much respect and love for you. Um, like Naveed kind of touched, I, I, in the beginning of our investor, especially my investor career, Naveed was a, a huge, huge, like a, a big mentor for me. So I, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Um, so yeah, um, as Naveed mentioned, I am a, a mother. And whenever anyone asks what my occupation is, I say I'm a mother, I'm a wife, because those are two full-time jobs and I'm also a real estate investor. <laughs> um, and so what I do is, you know, uh, my husband and I have our own um, rentals, but I also do um, uh, the, uh, I guess, the, my business partner and I, we um, wholesale and we flip houses um, here in Berks County. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, that typical um, you know, um, first generation Latin, you know, female went to college, you know, parents pushed for that, um, got that corporate America job because that's, you know, what my parents wanted and quickly found out that it wasn't for me, you know, that corporate life wasn't for me. And so, um, there were some things that happened with the corporation. A lot of people lost their jobs. Um, one day it was, there was like 200 people that lost their job, salaried people. And so that made me kind of switch my mindset. Like, okay, I need to do something more. Like my husband and I need to, to also have other forms of income come in. So I read rich dad, poor dad, and that immediately 
was that changing point in my life. So we um, contacted our realtor, told him, hey, we're going to hold off on buying a house. Let's look at multi-units. We're going to live in one, rent the other. And that's how I started my investment career. Oh, okay. I, I did not know that myself. I do, <laughs> yeah. I do remember I was talking when you were working your corporate job mm-hmm. and you had said, like, I know we spoke a lot, but then the, to me, when my light went off for you was that they offered you a raise or something like that. And you were like, yeah. you remember that? You remember they say, wow. they, they offered me a raise and you were like, I don't want it. Like, I don't care, you know? Yeah. And, that, and that's where I knew I was like, oh, damn, mm-hmm. she's ready. Yeah, it was a, it was about I think it was like a ten thousand dollar raise. So it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like a two thousand dollar raise. And I remember sitting in front of my boss and just like I didn't give him a reaction. It was so awkward because he was looking at me. I think he was expecting me to be like, oh my gosh. And I just, I just, I don't know. I just, I didn't care. I was like, okay, thanks. You know, on to the next. I already had my mindset that this wasn't what I wanted. You know. I wanted something else. So it's just, yeah, it was very awkward. <laughs> so, so do you think that's what it, did you realize it before that, before that raise mm-hmm. that you were ready to go? Or did that raise the offer of that raise kind of give you the assurance that, you know what? Okay. I thought I was ready, mm-hmm. but because of my reaction, I know I'm ready. Yeah, I think it was definitely the push that I needed. It pushed me over the edge. I I already knew, like I already had um, a date set. But, you know, I mean, with anything in life, when you have big um, decisions coming, your mind is telling you, like, are you really sure you want to do that? You have benefits. You know, you have a 401k, blah, blah, blah. And so that that really, that pushed me to, to, to immediately say, that's it. Like my date is set, I'm that. I'm happy. Like that's what I'm, that's where I'm going. So that's interesting. Cause I've always, um, I've always wanted to hear people's thoughts on that. Everyone gives a different answer. There's no right or wrong, just a different answer. You easily could have said, you know, like you said, I have benefits. I've got a 401k. Mm-hmm. I've got this big company corporate has been around for many, many, many years. Um, it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you easily could have said, yeah, let me just stay here. Mm-hmm. Why? Why didn't you? Why didn't you just stay in that comfort zone? Um, I felt like there were meetings that I would attend and I would see so many people that were just not happy. So you're talking about not networking events, you're talking about corporate meetings. I'm talking about the corporate America meetings. Okay. And when I would talk to friends who were in similar positions, I was, I thought maybe it was just like my corporation issue. It wasn't, it was a, it was to me, in my opinion, it was just an issue overall where people just weren't content with their life. Like there was no, um, I don't know how to put it, but there was just no way for them to, to really find what they were happy with in that corporation. Now I could be wrong, right? everyone's different, but that was just my observation when I went to meetings and people would complain and do all this other, you know, other stuff. Um, and to me, it was just like, that didn't really scare me like the whole benefits. Cause I would literally sit down and be like, what's the worst that can happen. Okay. You're going to lose benefits. So what's the solution to that? Right. My husband has benefits. He's staying in his job. So we'll do that. Right. So I would literally look at everything that I was afraid of and just think of, okay, what's the solution to that? And if there wasn't a solution, I would make a solution. Right. So um, 401k. OK, I was going to put that into self-directed IRA and lend that. 
to, to investors. So it didn't really, okay. it, didn't, it didn't phase me. Okay. Um, so let's, that's a good segue to my next portion. Sure. Your family. Your family. Yeah. How big was it? Um, how big was it for your husband when you decided to make that move? What was, what was his feedback? Mm-hmm. What, and how much did that influence you or not influence you? Sure. Sure. Um, man, my poor husband, I got to give it to him, man. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy being married to, to a woman that's super ambitious. Like I'm going to be upfront with you. Um, however, he is so supportive from the beginning. You know, I set my date and I'm the type of person like you, once I set a date, that's it. Like there's no changing it, you know, like that's it. And he was supportive. Um, and it was, it was just like an automatic thing. Like he would ask me like, are you ready for your, you know, did you put in your two weeks? Did you put in your month or whatever? Um, are you ready? And then that was that, like, there was no pushback on his end. Like he knows how I am. And, and ultimately for us, it's not just a a Modesta goal. It's a family goal. Like, you know, I want to retire him one day. I want him to be at the beach somewhere, you know, like in Dominican Republic, uh, <laughs> drinking a <laughs> a modelo, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's the goal. Like ultimately, that's the goal. That eventually we we will all get to that point where we can, you know, retire. Okay, so um, well, that kind of spawns off to the other section sure. is when I when I interview and I when I interview females particularly mm-hmm. that are either mothers or married. Um, the common theme that I would usually hear is their role or their identity, their identity, what's important to them. You let off by saying when someone asks you, uh, what do I do for a living? You're like, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, because they're both full-time things. I personally know somebody, a family member, who she lived by the thing that all I want to do is be a mother, that's it. Mm -hmm. But it got to a point where fast forward 20 years later, her kids are now grown and stuff like that. She doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. She's lost mm-hmm. because her whole identity was just, I'm a mother, I'm a mother, I'm a mother. And that's it. I'm the best husband. I'm the best wife. I'm the best mom. And that's good enough for me. But now the kids are grown. Mm-hmm. The kids are going to know. And now she is like, really, she's unfortunately going through depression and she feels lost. Sure. How do you address something like that? Um, because you should be proud of being a parent, hopefully, sure, sure. right? Okay. You should be proud of being a spouse. But how do you not let that be the only identity that you have? Or do you feel that, hey, I'm cool with that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is, this is one of those conversations, man, because you hear about it so much about women who, who, um, who devote so much time to the family. And obviously, I do devote a majority of my day is literally with my kids or, you know, at the house doing whatever it is. Um, but I make sure to prioritize me time because I will be honest with you when mom's not happy, nobody in the house is happy. Damn straight. Say that again. (laughs) Say that again. Please say that again. Seriously. When I'm unhappy, nobody is like even upset. Like it's, it's literally like that. So I prioritize my health. Like the gym is a no, like, I don't care. I would drop the kids off at mom, but she knows that mom here, if, if they have off of school, here you go. I'm going to the gym. Um, weekends, it doesn't matter. You know, little things like getting my nails done and things like that. Like whatever makes me happy. Like I have to prioritize that as well. And, you know, and I and encourage all moms and all females to do that as well. Find what you're passionate with 
and make sure that regardless, like obviously, yes, it's being a mother is like the most beautiful, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. That's not going to change though. If anything, you're going to become a better mother, a better wife when you prioritize yourself and your health and your mental health. So, okay. Um, and thank you for saying that. Thank you. Because I mean, you know, I have that, that class that George and I teach. And so we, we have a lot of females in there mm-hmm. and we talk about that. If mama's not happy, ain't no one happy. Oh, wow. I don't care who you think, how tough, macho, money, whatever you, you ain't. If she ain't happy, forget it's a wrap. Yep. The whole day, you ain't sleeping proper. You ain't yep. having a good meal. Nope. It ain't happening. Simple <laughs> as that. And I, and I, I'm not a, a lot of guys are like, oh, that's ridiculous. No, then that's why you're single. Okay. Right. First of all, that's exactly. why your ass is single because exactly. you don't get that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I do want to touch on that because we have this consistent debate of selfish versus self-care. Mm-hmm. And selfish has taken on, and it, it, and I get it, has taken on a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. If you're selfish, you know, are you just worried about yourself? But if you're doing self-care, mm-hmm. you are worried about yourself because you know you need to be the best version of you to give forward, mm-hmm. right? Can, can you talk about that? Like, can you kind of expand on that? Because I still think, and unfortunately, I, I see it in more than females I do in, in guys, mm-hmm. I, where a lot of females just think, well, if I do this, if I take on this entrepreneurial hat, if I put this hat on, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to abandon my kids. I'm going to abandon my significant other. And they feel guilty about that. And it's like, what can you tell them to make them, make them realize they're not abandoning anybody? What can you tell them to encourage them to keep going? Sure. So what I can say is that that feeling of guilt of feeling guilty, it does not go away. Cause even with me, even when I go get my nails done, Abid, I literally feel like I'm like, oh my God, the kids, I'm texting my mom. You know, that feeling does not go away. However, like you have to take care of yourself internally. Whatever makes you happy, make sure you're blocking yourself out, like blocking that time out so that you can, to make sure that you're putting yourself first. Because ultimately, like you have to put yourself first in order to take care of everything else, right? And whoever's telling you it's selfish, like I would just block them people out of your life because it's just, you don't need that, 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 um, it's that the issue is that they don't understand either. They're having issues with themselves that they can't realize how important self-care is that they're there you go. There putting you that go. fear on you and you don't need that. You know, you just keep doing what, what you think is best for you. You know, if, if going to get your hair done on a monthly basis, make sure that's blocked out every single month for the next 12 months and make sure that that that's your day to do that. That's what makes you happy and makes you feel good internally. If, if, you know, um, putting TV on, so the kids can watch an hour of TV so that you can sit down and listen to an audible. That doesn't make you a bad mom. <laughs> the kids are fine. I'm sure they'll, they're happy. <laughs> the kids are fine. Give them a snack and, and listen to your audible. Um, you yeah. have to put yourself first. Yeah, no, and, and I, I can't thank you enough for saying that because um, number one, kids are very resilient. Yes, they are. Kids are, kids are a lot stronger than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. As, as a parent, you know, because I don't care if my kid is, 30 years old, I'm still going to worry about my child because he is my child, no matter what age he is. But as kids, kids, when they're that small, we, we go into that per helicopter hover mode. You know, mm-hmm. we, we don't want nothing ever negative to happen. We don't want them to cry. We don't want them to be sad. We don't, we don't mm-hmm. but, but if nothing ever happens, then nothing will ever happen. Exactly. 
because that's how they learn. They learn through that. You you grew up, you fell off your bike, you fell down, you got pushed down, you got knocked down, you got up. Mm-hmm. So, but as a parent, we sometimes forget that, damn, because what is it? We, we, we always say we don't want to, our kids to struggle the same struggle we went through, mm-hmm. but it's those struggles that made us who we are. And we're happy with where we are and who we are. Absolutely. So our kids have to struggle a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I'm obviously you, you're, you're, you know, we're talking, you're a confident woman. You've always been confident for as long as I've known you. Um, but there had to be some bumps and bruises or was it just sunshine and roses the whole way through? Oh yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know if I would consider myself confident. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I go through, I go through phases of like feeling great, you know, um, when I, when I have weeks where I'm putting properties under contract, like two or three, I feel like I'm on top of the world, you know, weeks that it's, there's no contract. I literally feel like I can hide underneath a shell. Um, it's, it's, everyone goes through their ups and downs. It's just the, um, how far, you know, how far can you bounce back up? And, um, um, I've been doing the 75 hard challenge. I'm, I'm a week in. And so I'm, I've been doing my, my, my reading and stuff. And the one book, uh, mentioned today, how important it is to bounce back. Like you just have to bounce back. Everyone's going to go through things. Um, you know, um, but you just have to figure out, you have to truly ask yourself, like, what did, what could I have done better after you go through your phase of like, Oh man, I, you know, for instance, if I didn't get contracts, I didn't get any contracts. Like I'm a failure, but what could I have done differently with these, with these calls and with these, um, clients, you know? So that's, that's, you know, you have to be truthful to yourself as well. So do you find it, um, so you said like one week you have like two, three contracts, but another week you have nothing. And usually I'm a big person, you know, say the adversity kind of defines us, right? You know, when you go through that, that struggle, that's when you know what you're really made of. Mm-hmm. But on the opposite end of that, when you do have two, three contracts, do you just ride that high or do you say, okay, let me, and just sustain with that? Or do you say, okay, let me build off of this? Yeah. So definitely um, building off of it, right? Like what, what was different this week? you know, um, that I was able to get so many contracts, you know, and so my business partner and I, we do have our weekly calls where we go over things and like, try to put things in process, you know, if something worked that we haven't been doing before in the past, making sure that we're doing that more often, you know? Okay. Um, so definitely writing it. And then now, um, you've met your business partner. Um, I'm assuming your business partner is also your, is that is also your accountability partner or do you have somebody else be your accountability partner? I would say she's definitely my accountability partner. Um, okay. um, but I would say that my, my, my good group of friends, like I have like two or three that I definitely contact like on a daily basis, they probably get so tired of me, but I would consider them and my sisters, you know, accountability as well. Yeah. And now how, how hard was it for you to, um, identify outside of your business partner? How far was, how hard was it to identify an accountability system? Um, like the people you mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so I've always been extremely selective with who, who I consider like good friends, I guess you can say, cause not, mm-hmm. you know, you have acquaintances, but not everyone's a good friend. Right. Yes. Yes. Know. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I know exactly. I know what I mean. Yeah. I, I know um, what you mean. I know. So, so the people that I'm, that I'm thinking of, and that I mentioned, they, it wasn't really that hard because, you know, um, there's one particular friend that I can text and she will put me in, in my place. Like, Oh, I actually don't agree with that. You know, like it's, 
Those are the type of people you want, not the ones that are going to sugarcoat things and be like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, hey, I don't want to work out today. I'm tired. Well, you don't have to do it now, but you can do it at this time, right? So those are the type of people that hold you accountable and that you want in your life. Yeah. So you 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 took your accountability to everything, not just real estate. You took it oh, to your health. Yeah. You took it to mm-hmm. across the board. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's so you're the first person who actually has said that. Um, and I'm I'm actually kind of, I'm glad you mentioned that now because I think the hardest part of being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. is wow. separating church and state. You know what I mean? Like. I'm home now. Mm-hmm. I got to take this hat off. But at the same time, you are the business. Yeah. Right. So the business kind of flows with you. And and with, with COVID hitting, um, a lot of people were working from home. Mm-hmm. So that separation of home, going into an office was gone. Mm-hmm. Right now, um, I don't know if you have an office or not. Uh, I, I, I do. And I needed an office because I was home all the time. I mean, you know my life. I was Mr. Mom, Mr. Dad. I was everything. And I love it. Like you said, I love mm-hmm. being a parent and it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I needed time for me. Mm-hmm. And my me time was coming to the office. Mm-hmm. But when COVID hit and everything was shut down, I had to do everything just like you and sure. your partner, everyone else. Mm-hmm. We had to do it from home. How was that for you? How did you find that to be a struggle or no? You kind of picked up like where you left off at. It was definitely a struggle. It was definitely a struggle. Um, because at the time one of my one of the girls um were in school and then the other one um she would stay at home, but I had someone there watching. But then due to COVID, it was like the person didn't want to come in because they weren't sure if they had COVID. So I had both girls and on top of that, having to answer calls and things like that was extremely difficult. Even this summer, like this was my first summer having both girls, you know, home with me. It was, I'm not gonna lie, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. But thankfully, you know, um, uh, 99% of the people I spoke to were very understanding. And actually, I think it was a huge benefit on, on my end, um, because they knew I wasn't this fake person. I was an actual human being, you know, um, looking to help them with, with, you know, their, their situation. situation. Yeah. So, um, definitely difficult. Mm -hmm. Did you find that you went through a, um, how can I say this? Uh, like a purge of, before you say, you know, and I, and I get it, acquaintances of friends are they're two mm-hmm. different things. The friend circle and eh, the acquaintance circle, really big. Yeah. Um, did you find yourself purging one or the other or both? Absolutely. Right. It decreases, I feel like, as the more you get like in tune with what you want, it definitely increases. I feel like I have people in buckets. Like there's people that I speak to on like a daily basis. I'm sure they get tired of me, but um, then there's people that I can talk to like here and there, you know? And then there's others that I just cut out completely just because they didn't fit, you know, um, where I'm at right now. Now, those who you cut out, mm-hmm. did any one of those come back to you and say, hey, what what happened? Or like, no, just nothing. No. There was there was no communication. I think it was kind of one of those things where we we both knew, you know, it where was we time. were back in life. If, it's, if you don't match like where you're going, it's just you know, it's, it's just that, like, I don't, no, but it's, and and I'm asking that question. It it, it is a tough question to answer because there's no clear cut answer for it. Right. There's no, you know, because it's, it's almost easy to cut somebody off if they're being an asshole, right. (laughs) Because they're being an asshole, but it's hard to cut somebody off when they're just like, when your goals, like you said, your goals on the line. Mm 
Yeah. And I, and so we started the conversation initially with me saying that, you know, when someone asked me about you and mm-hmm. well, how come you guys don't talk anymore and stuff like that. And it's like, you get to a point mm-hmm. where I know a whole, at least I think a whole year can go by. Mm-hmm. You and I don't have to talk, but mm-hmm. I know if I text you, Hey, I got a quick question. You're going to answer my question. Absolutely. And it's not because, oh, Navi don't even text me when he needs something mm-hmm. or vice versa. Mm-hmm. It's that, hey, he's doing his thing and hey, she's mm-hmm. doing her thing. Yeah. And and I think that's a very lonely and hard place mm-hmm. um, for people to kind of understand that mm-hmm. because we get conditioned from such a young age, in my opinion. And I, I want to hear your thought on this. We get conditioned from such a young age that it has to be well, if you're really going to be friends, you should check on them and you should know their favorite food color and what they eat and blah, blah, all that stuff. And so many good things about them, but you can still be friends um, and not have communication because you have that respect mm-hmm. for each other. Like how, what is your stance on, on, on something like that? Right. Right. Like, um, yeah, I definitely have um, people that, like you said, I can go a year over a year without talking to them. And when we talk to each other, it's like, it's, we, we lead off right where we left off, <laughs> you yeah, know, like yeah. it's not, it's not, there's no, you know, um, nothing, there's no grudge or anything. It's, it's, you know, I, in, in our case, I know how busy you are to be two, two boys, you know, wife, you know, the podcast, the, 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 um, the, the group, um, and everything. It's just, I know that you're super busy, but I also know that if I need you, or if I need to talk to someone, I can always give you a call or a text and, and you'll be there, you know, and vice versa. So it's, it's definitely, I do agree though, that the, the way that we're conditioned, it's, it's like, um, it just is, it's not the right way. Like it's, yeah. It's the right way to go. yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to bring that up because not, not just from my discussion, but it was just with the students that we have coming, I would say number one, their struggle is identity, identifying who they are because they were, you know, whatever they identified with such a long time ago. The other thing is, is that separation. It's saying, hey, you're going to lose people. Mm-hmm. And, and I use the same phrase you do, buckets. I put people in buckets every single time. So it's funny you say that. Um, again, we haven't talked in a long time, but yet we're using the same phrase, right, right. putting people in buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, how I, I tell people when I teach them as a mentor, I tell them to write it down. I say, write down the people who, you feel our friends, mm-hmm. right on the people, those who think are acquaintances. And then I went to, I want you to do, I want you to just draw an arrow to each one mm-hmm. and be like, here's what I do. I had one gentleman who wrote down like 26 people mm-hmm. that he, and when I said, who can you call and not talk to them for like two years and, but you can still call them and do something. He had three people or two people from 26 that he can do that with. And so I told him, those are your friends. Those two are your friends. Those 24 are your acquaintances. Right. And it was sad, but it wasn't sad because he needed to see that because to him, he felt all this responsibility that he had to give to people. But when it was time for them to help him out, they wouldn't reciprocate it. Uh And it took him to write that down to see that, oh shit, I don't, I'm not this guy who I thought I really needed to be. Mm-hmm. how how did you kind of separate your buckets how did you decide who goes where 
Um, it honestly, it wasn't hard for me. Um, I do like that, that idea of writing it down because some people I feel like are, are visual and they need to see it visually. But like I mentioned before, I've always been very like, um, introverted and, <laughs> um, I've always just had my select people that I, I, I talk to on a daily basis versus not. And honestly, like if I don't speak to you on a daily basis, then you're probably, you know, in the, in another bucket. And I automatically know where my, you know, where people are in, in bucket wise, you know yeah. what I mean? Just cause it's, it's like human nature to me. Um, if we are, if we can't bring each other value, if we can't like conversate and have like good conversation and things like that, then you're, you know, you're just going to be placed in a different bucket. Yeah, there you go. And it, it, and it's it's easy for you to say, easy for me to say that. I'm sure there's people listening and going to be like, oh, sure, it's easy for you to say it because you are where you are. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't always this easy. Right. right? I, we all struggle. It just, we don't broadcast that struggle. And we don't broadcast the struggle because who wants to hear our problems? Right, Seriously, right. We don't want to hear about our problems. Your problems are yours, mine are mine, and that's it. Um, but at the same time, we all have them. Yes. It's just how we deal with them and how we push through them at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Yep. Um, so listen, we're going to wrap this up. Um, first off, thank you very much for doing this. I know we had to reschedule due to weather yeah. <laughs> on several occasions, yep. um, right. but we finally made it and stuff like that. So um, if so, we're going to be signing off. I want you to leave any final thoughts, either questions uh, for whoever's listening to this, what can you tell them to not give up? What can you tell them to help them push through that they're not alone? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, you just have to believe in yourself. You just have to believe that you are capable of anything. Um, once you, once you instill that in your mind, anything is capable. Like I truly believe, and I, I'm probably going to sound so like, cocky or, and I'm not, and the V knows that I'm not that type of person, but I truly believe that I will excel in any position that I'm put in just because I know that I'm capable of it. So once you believe in yourself and how do you get there, right? How do you, how do you get to the point where you believe in yourself so much? Um, listen to, to audibles, read books, you know, surround yourself with people that are doing much better than you and have succeeded because they are the, they are the ones that are going to tell you like, oh yeah, I went through this, this and that, and I still overcame that. And this is how I did it. So learn from them and, um, you know, join groups like Naveed, your group with, with George, uh, where there's, you know, someone who's mentoring you find a mentor, someone that's, that's, that has, that has been successful and can teach you. Um, so just don't give up on yourself. Just, just keep pushing through. There you go. So listen, guys, it all ends and starts with you. Yes, it does. And there's, and you've heard it. Oh, it, it, it's a, it's a cliche for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Because it's true. And everyone says it, everyone, you know, who's in a power of, or a position of power, a position of, of, of leading themselves. It, it started with them. They recognized it and they just had to believe in themselves. So mm-hmm. uh, again, thank you, Modessa, again, for everything. Tell the hubs and the kids I said hi. Tell your father I said hi, <laughs> stuff like that. And I, I had to go see him to, to, to get this nice and shiny. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> there's some, there's a little bit, there's some, there's some like that. Um, but listen, as each and every week we sign up the same way, listen, just do right by the client. If you do right by the client, everything else will fall into place. I guarantee that. Do right by the client. Don't chase the money. And everything else falls into place for you. Uh, each and every week we drop a podcast live uh, on Wednesday. No different this week as well. 
be good to each other. Be safe out there. Be good to yourself as well. Take care and see you guys next week. See ya.